0: The crowds cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, as Jesus enters Jerusalem, and they lay cloaks and palm branches before him. They are using this word, Hosanna, as a cry of joy at the arrival of the King, the Messiah, the Savior, the King that they are expecting. And yet, Hosanna is also a prayer. For the roots of the word, Hosanna, add up to something like, please save us. This cry, Hosanna, please save us, had political overtones in Jesus' era. Save us from the oppressive Romans, they cry out. And it had religious overtones. Save us from the religious establishment, they cry out. When we began this service and you wondered how and why we held our palm branches aloft and why we sang Hosanna after the tragedy of Monday and the pain we are feeling in Nashville, now you know. We were singing and saying, Hosanna, please save us. For to cry out to Jesus, please save us, seems an appropriate cry this week. Please save us from pain. Please save us from violence. Please save our children. Please save those we love. And please save us from turning away from you and to other gods when we are hurting. Please save us. This reading is a hinge in our Lenten journey. Our recent Sunday lectionary readings have been about Jesus revealing himself as the Son of God, to Nicodemus, the Samaritan woman at the well, the man who had been blind, and Mary and Martha and the other witnesses at the raising of Lazarus. And with today's reading, we move into Holy Week and Jesus' journey to his death and ultimately his resurrection. And throughout all of these readings, when we cry out, please save us we hear God's response, yes, I save you. Our two gospel readings today give us a symbolic and dramatic evidence for Jesus as the one who saves. After all, Jesus' name is from the same root and means the one who saves. Immediately after Jesus' entry into Jerusalem as our king, on a humble donkey, he and his followers go to the temple complex. They are in the outer area where the animals are sold for sacrifice and where money changers exchange foreign currency into temple coins. The temple is where God resided, where the people came to worship God. The temple was also where people who had committed crimes came to hide out, and escape Roman justice. Soon, the Romans would destroy the temple. Now, Jesus and his small band can't close down this operation or even really disrupt it. But Jesus can engage in a dramatic and symbolic act, which in the Gospel of Matthew is one of the key events leading to Jesus' arrest. By overturning the tables and calling the temple a den of robbers, Jesus makes a bold statement about himself and the kingdom he is initiating. Jesus himself, his body and his life, replace the temple as the presence of God among God's people. Jesus is God's temple, God incarnate, God embodied. And so by turning over the tables... He is making it clear to others that he is the new temple. Then he makes another bold statement. He welcomes into the temple people who cannot enter, the blind and the lame. They've been restricted to being outside the temple for they were always considered unclean. And he brings them in and he cures them. And so Jesus saves us. Saves us by revealing to us with his life who God is. The God who seeks love, compassion, mercy, and justice and peace for all people. This, this is the God to whom we must turn in times of tragedy. This is the God who offers us new life in the life of Jesus as God's temple in our lives. Hosanna, please save us, we cry. And God responds... Jesus saves you. We have another gospel reading at the end of our service. This is the passion of Jesus Christ according to Matthew. When you hear it later, I want you to listen for this line, which comes immediately after Jesus breathes his last breath. Here it is. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This may seem like a frivolous detail, a decorating fail. But it is, in fact, a bold, symbolic moment about Jesus. For the curtain separated the rest of the temple from the Holy of Holies, the most sacred place in the temple where the Ark of the Covenant, and therefore God, resided. Only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, the sacred day of atonement, to make sacrifices to God. Upon Jesus' death, the temple curtain is torn in two from top to bottom, from heaven to earth. In the new kingdom of God that Jesus brings into being with his life and now his death, God is no longer separated in the holy of holies. God is among us and with us, very present in our lives, comforting us and supporting us in times of tragedy God no longer accepts our sacrificial offerings of animals, but has given us his son to save us and asks for us to give ourselves back to God in service of God's kingdom to build a kingdom of peace where all of us are safe. God no longer needs to be approached only through the high priests of the Jewish tradition. Instead, God incarnate in Jesus the Christ offers us a direct relationship, intimate and personal, so that Jesus' death and resurrection saves us as a people, as a community, as a church, and saves you and me as individuals. The curtain is torn from top to bottom, from heaven to earth. Please save us, we cry. God responds, yes, yes. I have saved you. We hinge today from Lent to Holy Week and then Easter. This is our yearly walk with Jesus towards his death and resurrection. It may be heavier this week for you, I know. Yet, we know that Easter is coming. And Easter, like at Christmas, we celebrate what has already occurred. Jesus' death and resurrection has saved us. And we celebrate what occurs each year anew. Jesus' death and resurrection save us again. Our salvation, like God's presence with us, is not one and done. It is ongoing. God's saving power in Christ never ceases. So when we cry out, Hosanna, please save us, to God in Jesus, the one who saves, God's response is, I have saved you. I am saving you and I will save you. Amen.